Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeonhole Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcasts. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us for just a couple of goalies that have taken one too many pucks at head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So how goes life, Steve? A uh, little rough. Uh, I went and <laughs> degriswalded my house over the weekend, and it's not an exaggeration. 19 hours of work. It was pretty crazy. Uh, my entire body is killing me still because I'm an old man and I should not be doing that amount of lifting and everything else. But hey, it is what it is. Um, putting it up is fun. Taking it down sucks. But that's why I put it up November 1st. So anybody that says, hey, Christmas stuff should go up after Thanksgiving. Hails to know when you have to put that much effort into it. <laughs> so if it was up to me, yeah. I would take it down in February. But anyway, yeah. Uh, how are you doing? Um, well, I was going to say, first of all, was it worth it? The Christmas oh, decorations? Oh, yeah. Like, so the only different thing I'm going to do next year is, and this is to anybody else that puts up Christmas decorations, see, we're your one-stop shop for life advice, too. I'm going to be cutting out uh, holes in um, Ziploc bags and then taping it so to protect the surge protectors and the wires, you know, when it rains. So that way I can still use the stuff. Because that was part of the problem this year. We got a lot of rain where we needed desperately in this desert. So I was pissed, but I was not pissed because it's like, well, we need this rain. But that'll help weather protect it better. Only thing I'm going to do differently next year, but I loved it. Like, I would find myself, I'm that type of guy that I would go outside randomly any time at the night and just go stand out there and look at mine and my neighbor's lights. There's just some type of calming effect for me. So, yeah, I'm that guy. So anyway, yeah, Yeah. definitely worth it. Already got my theme for next year already worked out in my head. Just uh, want to tweak a few things. And much to my wife's delight, I will not be spending a lot of money. Dude, I did kill a few lights, though, because I was a stupid thing. Here's another life advice thing, okay? Really think about when you're taking stuff down because I left the untangling of lights until it was really dark out. And in my man tantrums, I totally wrecked two sets of lights. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh yeah definitely do that during the day much much easier but i think i did it at night so people couldn't see me throwing a man tantrum to be honest with you <laughs> did you have the griswold tantrum oh yeah hell yeah oh god yeah dude uh it's everything except for the goalie mask and a chainsaw i gotta get one of those classic goalie masks and just do one of those scenes at some point but yeah was not was not pretty was not pretty, but hey, I've got the inside of the house to do, but that one's not as bad because you can just chip away and stack. So um, to everybody that was Harry Potter lovers, I will post those one more time. It was pretty cool inside my house. But yeah, how was your weekend? Oh, yeah, whole weekend. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, we finally kind of got reacquainted with the Copenhagen time zone <laughs> after two and a half weeks of exploring North America. We really did in Vegas try to stay on Central European Standard Time, but obviously with the delayed flights and everything, that didn't work out. So the sleep schedule was pretty wicked and through probably until I think Saturday was the kind of the first normal day and then Sunday was definitely normal. So Sunday I'm like, okay, I can go back to uh, a resemblance of a routine because tell you what, Tuesday through Friday – it's i randomly fell asleep at different times it was the oddest thing but yeah you know just beyond that 
I can't say it was bad. Watched a lot of hockey, a lot of awesome hockey. You know, had some time. I think between the time I had to think um, while being trapped in North America and on the flights and trying to get back onto a schedule here, um, it was kind of what's going to lead up to the, I guess, the main focus of this podcast when we get around to that. But yeah, just beyond that, dealing with this uh, this old apartment we live in because the, the building we live in is one of the uh, oldest in Copenhagen. And uh, I think this building itself, date 1732, I think. And uh, some of the things about the apartment reflect that. And uh, I, I know that our our landlord bought it I, probably six months before we moved in and doesn't really doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm finding one thing kind of wrong after another as, as I go through this apartment that was really kind of uncared for for some time because I don't think anybody lived in it for at least six months. Um, so it was pretty nasty when we moved in. But, you know, little things go wrong. And right now, one of the things that's repeatedly going wrong is different different electrical issues and uh you know we had to have an electrician coming in i think november december time frame um and now we're having another electrical issue so i got to figure out um what's happening with the any electricians feel free to reach out but you know and the the electrical situation underneath the um i don't know underneath the cupboards and uh it's staying really, really, really warm, which the only thing I can figure out online is that there's too much power going through it. So it's, you know, getting too hot. Um, but I'm like, okay, that's got to lead to a problem down the road because right now the light isn't working underneath that portion anymore, but it's super hot when the other lights are on. Mm-hmm. So on, on that and the, uh, the toilet, the toilet has this flushing issue and it's a European toilet, so you can't just lift off the top of it. You have to remove the whole back of it. In order to get the, the the valve, of course, plumbers reach out. <laughs> Electrical and plumbing, right? Hey, so um, uh, we, Chris is looking for a general contractor to look at the entire <laughs> building that's like 10,000 years yes. old. Um, there's yeah. Viking bones still in the walls. Um, it's probably yeah, literally it's, probably. It's actually pretty good for current from what I'm told. Yeah, so yeah. anybody uh, that can that's a Viking Bones specialist, please come out too. Uh. Actually, I know the Viking Bones guy as well. He's one of my friends here. Uh, he's in at uh, Actually, let me ask my wife before she leaves here to meet up with a friend. Hey, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, what is Jake's an anthropologist, right? He's an archaeologist. Archaeologist. There you go. Um, no, but he'd still be in those Viking Bones. Like Norse. Old uh, Norse. Oh, no. Old Norse archaeology yeah. stuff. So he spent a lot of time, in, I think, Iceland, um, Norway, Norway Denmark, Sweden. Denmark, Sweden, all those places. So. Where did you put the uh, gum? I may have chewed it all. Great. <laughs> bastard. <laughs> gum chewing bastard. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I have a gift of just finishing something before she needs it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the, my, my only killer is when it's something that I really enjoy eating for food, and that's why I warned Haven about, like, hey, if you want it, you got to tell me now. If you're going to want any leftovers. Like, I, mean, you, I don't know how old the gum was. So I just, you know, I was stressed out while reorganizing, trying to figure out the reorganizing of the kitchen, and I just kind of went through it all in the last day and a half, and... This, like I literally just finished the last piece like an hour ago and she's 
immediately asked for it. I'm like, of course you did. <laughs> Zero concern for your wife's breath, dude. Way to go. <laughs> All right. All right. So with the apartment, uh, you know, built in the early 1800s, uh, <laughs> 1700s. Once, yeah. Yeah. But that sounds about right. So uh, I had uh, on Saturday, I was on the phone a lot. Uh, talked to Brian Dumanil, uh Great guy, by the way. You know, we were talking about Connor. Um, it was is his other son named Drake. Is that the name of his son? Uh, David and Drake. Drake. David's been on the team all year as well. Um, I didn't know there was a third. Sorry, Drake. Uh, until they made me aware of it, and they're like, "Hey, he was at the showcase." I'm like, I probably just assumed it was David. Gotcha. I, just, I I just thought there were you know just two brothers on a team, but they're triplets, man. Yeah, no, this was impressive and great guy to talk hockey about too, right? So, um, like we could have done a got four podcasts of the conversation we had. Because it was just two, just like us, like just two dudes shooting shit about hockey. And, um, you know, he was going over Connor and, you know, he was talking about Connor. And this is one thing you've actually heard me say is about not getting recognition, you know, and it has to do a lot of where you play. So he just thinks his son is yep. severely unrepresented. And I said, I don't doubt it. You know, um, you know, there's a lot more talent like you know, that's, that's coming out of Arizona and other places and they're just not being looked at. So, you know, so if I was a college scout looking to pick up some talent, yeah, I'm looking at that league and then the other leagues too, like the OHL and uh, any, any, anywhere in the CHL, check out these leagues because they do have some really good hidden gems that are sitting out there that is not being looked at. Right. And I, you know, and again, I'm not being overly critical because I'm newer to this part. Chris, you're the, you're becoming more of the expert now that you're recruiting talent. But like I just said, like if I'm looking, I'm looking everywhere, you know, and taking yeah. a look at everything in the quality of the league. So uh, apparently Connor's, you know, let his dad tell the full story, but he's a pretty good puck handler. I won't tip off more to that, <laughs> but that'll be in the conversation. But yeah, it was, it was a great convo of just two guys, you know, that love the sport talking the sport. You know, we covered every topic from his son to, you know, how the leagues are going to current NHL, you know, great rule changes. It was really cool. It was really cool. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll I'll reconnect with him. We'll work at a time to get him on the podcast and then each son at a time. Uh, I really did tell him, though, and he's very well aware of it, that we are totally biased towards tendies. So yep. uh, it won't be a knock to his two brothers. You know, we will happily talk with them and promote them as well. But love those attendees. So and his dad was cracking up, you know, we and I was laughing at some of the stuff he was saying there, too. But I told him about my running theme of do not shove a player on top of your goalie. So anyway, um, yeah, it was it was really good, man. So um, so we're going to be shifting directions in the podcast, though, correct? Yeah, and uh, kind of along the lines of what you were just saying right there with the with the conversation um, with the Duminels, uh, or I guess just you know Brian, but you know, uh, is I think the Western region of the hockey world, uh, especially on the U.S. side, because I think Canada still gets some attention for the most part. I mean, if you haven't heard of the BCHL, you live under a rock. I think it's underrepresented. 
Uh, most people, I think, would agree with that. And it's been hard. It really has been hard, as much as I love hockey, to, to consistently stay up to speed with all the teams that we chat with and then watch all their games and, and build everything. And it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time commitment. I do love it, but there are times where I'm watching a game and I'm like, all right, I got I got to get the hell out of here. I got to get out of the apartment. And I'm just bolt. You know, I'm just <laughs> I can't watch anymore. I need a refresher. I go to the gym for an hour. I grab some coffee. I, suddenly I'm super excited to watch the end of the whatever game I'm watching. Um it, it's it's a big time commitment. So had a lot of time to think of being trapped in the United States and um and Canada. Uh, during the uh, the snowstorms, uh, trying to get back from the Las Vegas showcase from the USPHL, and uh, talking with a lot of the players and parents there, and I, and again I did get to talk with some GMs and coaches and such as well. Uh, talked to a lot of people. I basically spent the entire time talking uh, with people as they they saw the logo and came up and chatted. And I think moving forward with the podcast, we're going to kind of again keep the majors theme of we basically talk everything hockey, but we're going to. We're going to fine tune that and make it more focused um, on the players of the tier three teams on the West Coast, specifically the Pacific and Mountain Divisions. And this will be not only the USPHL, but the NA3HL. So if there's any players out there wondering suddenly why there's a bunch of you know, highlights from Yellowstone or Sheridan or the Cobras, um, it's going to be because... We want to make sure that the players playing out here, you know, tier three after dark, um, are getting that representation and being noticed because I did have a lot of coaches and GMs over the time frame we've had this podcast reach out and say, hey, we didn't know this player existed until we found your podcast. And so and then they look for recommendations. And again, I'm not going to go too strong on on what specifically coaches and GMs and scouts uh, will be looking for, but I've been reached out to all of them, and that's including up in Canada and down uh, in the United States. So I uh, want to make sure that we get the players that attention. So as much as I do love talking with you GMs and coaches, uh, probably won't have too many GMs and coaches from the Tier 3 on the West Coast or really – any tier three uh on if you if you want to jump on we'll we'll have a chat we'll maybe talk about you know the nhl or something but it's we kind of want to use the podcast more of a forum to kind of get these these players the attention they need and and still if, if a tier two program whether that's in the ncdc or nahl or uh, you got the Obviously, the big guys up there with the USHL, as well as uh, any of the CHL leagues and stuff, then and they want to get uh, they want to jump on the podcast and talk about their programs. I'm all about promoting, you know, tuition free programs that, uh, you know, we can try to promote some of these uh, tier three players into because there's a lot of tier three talent that could easily be playing tier two, tier one um, with uh, with the right amount of development and being placed in the right position. And I feel like that's where we're going to go with this in the future. We're still going to talk all things hockey. We, we love talking to the broadcasters for these organizations. We love talking to uh, the players. And uh, we're more than happy to invite on some of the parents, uh, like Brian, and start talking about what it's like being that Tier 3 player, trying to make it up to that tuition-free level. Because if All right, so for our audience and also for me, Chris, because I don't know all the intricacies of the differences between the leagues, to be honest with you. 
Uh, can you just throw it out there for me and the listeners, you know, the difference between tier three up to tier one? Uh, yeah. So on the U.S. side, because the Canadian side, still something I'm understanding. I, I definitely know who the big guys are in Canada, but at least on a tier three, tier two, tier one side on the U.S., you've got like tier one being the USHL. USHL is for all intents and purposes, the CHL equivalent uh, and the CHL in Canada being the QMJHL, the OHL and the WHL. Those leagues are all the ones most heavily scouted by the NHL um, and they're going to be heavily targeted uh, and you're going to see a lot of NHL draft picks playing on these teams. Uh, tier two, you're talking more along the lines, at least on the U.S. side of the NHL and the NCDC. And so this is where you're going to get scouts and they're going to be higher probability of being drafted um, into like a division one program or maybe being picked up by a division one program uh, as well as having NHL scouts at the game. Cause NHL scouts do attend uh, that level of games. Now tier three, you're going to be talking more like the USPHL premier uh, as well as the, like the EHL, the Eastern hockey league, um, the NA3HL, which is uh, directly connected to the NAHL. And you're talking, those are kind of the big three players in tier three hockey. Now we're USPHL elite and, and what is it? The EHL premier come into play. They're kind of the leagues that feed into that tier three program. If I'm wrong, folks, correct me. Those kind of feed into those tier three programs. And that's kind of the, basically the, the simplified version of, the leagues that feed into each other on the U.S. side. And we really want to focus on those tier three uh, players because it's still pay to play and pay to play could be I'm hearing of ranges of anywhere between seven, eight thousand to over twenty thousand a year in order to play on these organizations in tier three. And I don't think it's that far off in Canada as well. I could, I could be wrong with Canada. Yeah, it's Definitely been a while since, you know, I've had some friends in the, the Canadian system. Like my brother played tier two junior A and I don't remember if there was, obviously there was probably a cost requirements. Never really spoke to my parents about it. So it's something I'd have to go back and, you know, take a look at. Right. Because to me it was, you know, I heard about all the different tiers, but yeah, I don't even know, you know, if you're, you know, if it's a pay to play type of thing too, right. You know, or you're, you know, you've got to come in with whatever fees or amount. So I do not know that I will, um, I can easily ask around. Um, and actually Sebastian would be a good source to talk to about some of that stuff. Yeah. He might be someone to talk to. Cause I'd have to imagine if you're looking at like, obviously the OHL, if we're just going to use them, for example, being the tier one, the major junior, um, up there in Canada, you'd be looking at the CCHL as a tier two. Like they're they're not tier one, but those players are being heavily looked at. That's a program Devin Levi came out of, and you know it's still high level hockey. But I don't know. I'd imagine at that level it's still tuition free. But then if you're looking at like the EOJHL, uh, which we're big fans of here on the podcast, uh, I don't know if there's fees associated with the EOJHL. But I know like the Carlton Place Canadians, for example have the EOJHL program as well as the CCHL program. And I think the leagues are getting away from that kind of setup, but I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Um, But uh, you know, the, what is it? The wheat Kings, I think are are connected. The whitewater Kings, I think are connected to Pembroke. 
and I think Pembroke CCH. I don't know, but there's there's connections between teams, like just affiliations. Like I know that the Ogden Mustangs moving up to NCDC next year are going to be affiliated with the Las Vegas Thunderbirds, and the Thunderbirds are going to be the Tier Three Premier team, but the Ogden Mustangs are going to be the Tier Two NCDC team. And yeah, it's. It's an interesting world to navigate, and I can't blame parents and players for being confused and, and reaching out and asking questions. And I definitely, you know, feel free to reach out to us. Definitely feel free to reach out to uh, Andrew Tufto of Everything Junior Hockey on TikTok, our previous guest from late December. A lot of questions can be answered if you just reach out and try to navigate uh, the, the junior hockey world. But that's what we want. We want to be able to promote these Tier 3 players uh, to the next level, and I feel like that's going to be the right way forward with the podcast and, uh, you know, the Western, I, I do feel like, you know, even being here in Copenhagen and Sebastian being up in the Ottawa area, uh, at least you and and Ben are on the West Coast. I think it's the right way to go for the podcast uh, is to kind of promote these players and, and give them that attention, do the highlight videos, chat with these players, learn more about them and really start to get attention and eyes on uh, these Western tier three programs and start promoting some of these kids up and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe keep some programs accountable out in the West, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think it's, it's definitely not Western exclusive, but there's, you know, there's, there's some programs out there in tier three hockey that can, you know, just take money from players. And, uh, I think that's all over tier three, uh, at least in the U S it's probably in Canada as well. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but again, only know what I know. Uh, no, it's definitely in Canada. Never mind. Uh, after watching some TikToks, definitely check out Andrew Tufto's page, Everything Junior Hockey. He definitely addresses some issues up in Canada. But, uh, you know, try to get these players promoted. And, and again, just have players do their research and parents do their research before you send your kid into one of these programs. Um, and that's a big choice to go into one of these junior hockey programs. Really just dig Find out everything you can about a program before you start it. Because, well, especially uh, now, because the difference is, you know, back when, you know, my brother was playing, I never made the jump to junior hockey. A little bit of a regret now not to go pursue it. You know, it's one of those things. But yeah, a huge regret, you know, that I would love to have just gone and tried to make the leap just to push to see how far I could have gone, right? Now you've got a ton of information at your fingertips, right? Where you there you can easily look up contacts now, X players and different things, right? So the power of the internet is it's it's one of the good things about it right is is for that right is now that you can get so much information look for feedback on teams before you commit right look talk to ex players people in the community and things along those lines because that will really help out you know and with a guy like andrew out there looking for you know looking out for players you know and giving them his heads up on the experience that's just brilliant as well right um yeah. so yeah i Excited about this path. I'm excited about talking to some more players. Um, you know, the family members are equally as important because you always want that parent perspective. You know, going in, especially people that are knowledgeable about hockey, even the ones that aren't, it's great to hear and, you know, see their perception just about the the path of them going along, right? So, um, so yeah, looking forward to uh, a bunch of people. Like you said that we had a lot of people lined up wanting to talk, so – you know, over the next yeah. couple of months, we're probably going to be a little bit busy here talking with people, and I can't, and I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, we had a last minute cancellation, which allowed us to record this podcast. Um, you know, team requirements get involved, and 
if, if you're ever going to be scheduled to chat with us and something happens, just let us know. We're pretty flexible. I also have a backup episode. I don't know when I recorded it, but I have to find it. Uh, if we can't get any episode out, I'll at least always have a backup episode. I never remember what we talk about because I just don't remember. I, I, I don't remember when I'm supposed to have dinner plans like tonight. So I'm uh, – I'm not going to remember what we talked about five months ago when we recorded a backup episode, but cool. they're there. So it never, never o- old age and uh, puck to the head phenomena. <laughs> yeah. It's a definitely a combination of both. And I think that's something that players should definitely be looking at too, is that's okay. Do your research. Cause when you, when you decide to join one of these teams, there's multiple layers and lots of things you can now all these aren't all inclusive, but when you're really looking to join a team, look, look at the turnover from the, from that previous year or the current year, when you're looking to join a team, do they have a high turnover? Cause that's usually a red flag. That's not good. I mean, it could be like, it could just be situational pieces, moves or playoffs, but if there's a pretty high turnover on the team and players are just leaving, that's usually a, that's usually a bad sign. But again, not always. Oh, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. Honestly, Tufto. If you look at Andrew Tufto's video, he literally goes over all the warning signs. And I don't know if it was his video recently or I watch a lot of his TikToks. But or if I read an article like the billet families, like if the billet families stop billeting kids, that's usually a sign because obviously the billet families get pretty close with the players. They're living in their house, and if they don't feel like the team's treating them well, uh, they'll stop hosting players because they don't agree with the team there's a lot of little things to look at what what to look for when, when choosing a tier three program now i know with, with tier two and stuff if, you, if you're playing tuition free it's a little bit harder i know it's it's still not easy you still got to look at your after your mental health your physical health if you're having concussion problems seriously ho- hockey is amazing it's the best sport in the world but there's a lot after hockey <laughs> Really take care of your head. There's a lot of injuries like us goalies, our hips. I actually just name a body part. We we're probably going to have a problem as a goalie. But when it comes to your head, if 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 a team's asking you to overlook a head injury or just kind of blowing it off, that's probably a sign to leave that team in the first place. It's and I, I don't care what. And, level and just so everybody like knows that. the the term dingers. Oh, you got a dinger. Uh, <laughs> dinger is a concussion. <laughs> Even if it's yeah. a low-grade concussion, just so everybody's aware of that, uh, it's not the type of thing you want to play through anymore. Like, that's the biggest thing. And no. what I always caution everybody about, you know, we, we, you, you've seen it, right? That The easiest one to point out was Sidney Crosby because he's the one in the NHL that made them really slow down and look at things. And, you know, it's still not perfect. There's still times that, you know, and I'll get into that in a second, that they – let a player play through something, but the concussion spotters are perfect. You, you've just got to do it. You know, um, you don't want to lose a star like Sidney Crosby for a year because now when you're looking at no. <clears throat> stat wise, you know, a year of hockey was huge for that guy's stats and it was bad for the NHL. You want your star players in the game. I don't know how many times I got rattled bad because somebody came in blindside, hit me and I saw stars and you played through it. Now, not criticizing my coaches back in the day or my parents because when you would black out and see stars and then you're slowly coming back through, you know, they called that a dinger. They weren't aware that I was a concussion. But that type of stuff takes seriously right. because it's usually not the first hit. The first hit does damage. The secondary ones are the ones that really 
sink in those symptoms even worse for you, right? So yes, it's just certain things not to play through, you know, taking care of your body through all of this and not pushing through because it's interesting, you know, talking to Brian, you know, back in the, you know, when he played back in the day and he'll mention more of this, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but he was playing in a league where, you know, guys didn't just hit you to knock you off the puck. They were hitting to destroy you. You know, the whole idea was to hit yeah. you so hard that you are hurt, which is one of these bizarre phenomena for me. Like, even in the NHL, I want to see a big hit. Like, I, I get that you want, you know, there to be fear of you crossing that blue line a bit, right? But I really and truly think that most of those players want to put that fear in. They don't want to severely hurt somebody. And if it's your mentality to get out there and hurt people, then you've got more issues in your life than we want to know about. And by the way, guys, I like a good hit. I like a good tilt. Um, when it's warranted, I hate, by the way, back to this one, this BS that goes on, you know, where in any level, a guy throws a good clean hit and then he gets jumped to fight because he threw a hit. It's garbage. That's why they should have the instigator penalty. You know, you're jumping him for throwing a clean hit because your guy was cutting through the middle of the ice. What's he supposed to just let him go? Come on. That's where the instigator penalty should be. You want to drop the gloves? Fine. You're going to go after him for it? Great. But you're going to get another 10. You're going to get a 10 minute misconduct or, you know, I I like the two in the 10, two for instigating, 10 for unsportsmanlike conduct. There you go. That'll settle that problem pretty quickly when you're down for that much. Just my humble opinion on that. But anyway, your thoughts, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like me and you, I think we've we've definitely discussed the the fighting for fighting's sake is just crap. Uh, fighting a guy who throws a clean hit is crap. Trying to, you know, try to get your team sparks crap. I do still stand behind. You need to have some fear on the other side for just targeting your star players or any player on your team when it's a, just a straight up dirty play. They need to, you know, players need to be able to live in fear of that person on the ice that can just, you know, make them regret that decision. Uh, you, I think you need that player on each team. Uh, now, people will completely disagree with me on that, but I think you need somebody that is literally the enforcer. But the enforcer doesn't like it's we're not talking the 90s, early 2000s enforcer. We're not talking the guy who, you know, the the Rob Rays or, or something, you know, as much of a huge Sabres fan I am. You don't need the guy who's just there to just drop the gloves every game and, and spark up the crowd or, you know, we're down five, nothing. We got to get back into it or, you know, or yeah, you, you hit my star player and I don't like it. Well, yeah, but was the, was the hit clean, man? Was it, you, you know what a clean hit looks like. He hit your star player because your star player didn't make a, you know, a smart decision. Like you said, like he's cutting up what do you, what, what do you want him to do? He's got to hit him. Um, yeah. But you got to hit him within reason and caution, not try to rip the knee out, not try to, you know, leap for the head. You don't want those plays in hockey. And those players that throw those plays need to just be aware that someone might, you know, try to take out a few of their teeth. Uh, I think you need that safe, healthy level of fear of not being the dirty player because hockey can get extremely dangerous very quickly and we are we are skating on knives right you got knives attached to your feet so you, you got to be semi-smart on the ice and uh that's that's what i agree with in terms of uh of that but if you're if you're if you're a clean player and you're not making dirty plays and you should you should have nothing to fear but you, we see it all the time uh clean hit dirty hit what happens thereafter um smaller teams versus you know bigger stronger teams it's a lot of little things 
that can occur on the ice. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that, but, uh, you know, don't be, don't be that guy, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to throw a dirty hit and not have repercussions, you know? And I feel that if you do throw that dirty hit, I mean, I guess that's the hockey round, but we just do really want to focus on the tier three players moving up, man. It's, uh, I think that's where we're going in the, in the future. But again, if you're in another league out there and you want to talk to us, feel free to reach out. We, we still want to chat with you. And then I will say as well, players that have gone through that type of league too, right? If you were, you know, playing on the top or top tier team and you've been through the lower ones, we do want to have you on. We want to hear about your experiences. I do want to hear about your play, you know, absolutely. Um, Because, you know, it's about the journey as well, right? 100%. Um, and that's the thing is like, we're not going to not um, cover teams at this point anymore. We'll still chat with teams. We'll still talk with the, with teams um, and by teams, I mean teams outside of the tier three West. Uh, so like we've loved covering like the Northeast generals. I absolutely love covering them. I love the shout outs to give us on the broadcasts. You know, the New Jersey Titans and the Austin Bruins up there in the all, we had the, the Wolves over there in the EHL and the Union Thunder in the HLP. Uh, we covered a lot of the EOJHL last year, um, and we have no problem still covering these leagues. So if you're out there and you're listening and you want to be a correspondent for that league, uh, you have to have some reasonable <laughs> level of knowledge of the league. You don't have to be playing in it. We pro- almost prefer you're not playing in it. Um, you know, I don't uh, want player X from Arm Prior being like, yeah, we're going to cover everything. Uh, Arm Prior, this team sucks. That team sucks. I hate this guy. <laughs> you know, we want... But if it's like a broadcaster uh, in the EOJHL or, again, a play-by-play or something in the NAL, um, or you're just really passionate about the Midwest West and the USPHL or the Florida division in the USPHL or, um, you know, whatever it is in the EHL or the NA3HL or BCHL, you know, reach out to us. We would still love to talk about those leagues. I just don't have the time anymore as this as this podcast has gotten quite big uh again thank you everyone over 10,000 downloads uh we we reached this week so i just don't have the time to commit to that much hockey uh i still have a life (laughs) and uh i really just have to trim down to just one central focus and that's going to be at the moment the tier three uh teams in the western united states but if we have any of you out there that want to be correspondents for any of these other leagues or divisions of these leagues, uh, we'd be more than happy to talk and uh, let you give us a monthly or every two month update of what's happening in the Midwest West division and any, any good stuff going out of there. We, we want to hear that, but uh, I just, just don't have the time investment anymore, but uh, yeah, I think that's a right way to move forward with the podcast. Yeah. Really keep it again, player focused and again, very happy to talk to players and play by play for sure. All right, my friend, I think that's a good wrap. Like I said, we're going to be working out some a schedule here. I'm going to be heading to Vegas this weekend, though. Heads up, um, my daughter's got a soccer. Oh, a few tourney. weeks too late, buddy. <laughs> I know. A few weeks too late. Yeah, a big soccer tourney for my daughter. It's her first big one out of Arizona. Like everything's been local, you know, recently. So this is the first one. She's really excited about it. So. Uh, you know, um, I'm excited for her too. So yeah, I'm looking forward to heading out that way. But then when we're back, got a busy life of soccer with my girls, but then we'll have a 
good time talking to people here about more hockey stuff because like you said if you don't know chris and i yet we could just sit there for hours on end just shooting the breeze about anything hockey related so yeah looking forward to the upcoming couple of months my friend yeah me too we got a lot of people lined up we're excited to talk to all of you. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be some fun couple months. And if you're not already on the lineup, reach out to us. We'll we'll stick you in there. You might get a last second call if someone taps out. So you never quite know. But uh, I think this is the right way to handle this one. And you got somebody entering your house, man. Yep, indeed. I got somebody driving by. I think it's a street cleaner. To be honest with you, hooray! I got clean streets. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, ours drives by our apartment every morning at 4:30. I hate them. I really hate them. <laughs> but, yeah, what can you do? It's uh, thin walls in this very old apartment, and uh, complaining about some uh, stuff most people wouldn't even care about. So <laughs> I think you're right. This is a great place to wrap up. We want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to reach out to us if you're in the junior collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast, especially if you're in the tier three Western teams. We'd be very happy to talk to you. Um, also, follow us on Twitter, PHH Official, or, or Instagram at PHH Podcast, or on TikTok at Pigeon Hockey Podcast to let us know what you think. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease. <laughs> <laughs>